Hello and welcome to the UE Podcast. On this week's episode, we are introducing the new UE Podcast co-producer, Peter Federico. Peter spent the last year working in education and is a first-year sustainability master's student here at Tufts. We spoke about what brought us to UEP, classes that inspire us, and what's new in season two of the podcast. Take a listen to find out more. Welcome to the UE podcast. Um, yeah, we're here in the studio for the first time. It's really exciting. Uh, I'm just going to introduce myself and then I will pass it to our new co-producer, Peter. Mm-hmm. So I am Ella Brady. I was here last spring. I am a second and a half year UEP student. Um, I was a five year combined degree bachelor's master's student and i'm in my last semester and really excited to keep working on this podcast so peter want to introduce yourself yeah thanks ella hi everybody my name is peter federico Uh, as ella said i'm a new co-host co-producer for the uep podcast and i'm really excited to be joining um, the squad here Uh, and so a little quick bit about me and my connection to UEP I'm a first year UEP student uh, pursuing a master's in sustainability month and a half into my education here at UEP loving it so far (laughs) awesome awesome Um, so I guess we're just gonna start off by talking about um, the podcast and what we want from it this year and as always um, all of this is open for collaboration from the community we want to hear from you guys last year i put out a series of episodes with alumni and staff and Mm -hmm. community members and um moderated some discussions and hopped on and used other people's discussions um, for talking points and i think this year we're gonna try to do a lot of the same but in a bit more structured um form so we want to have some series. We want to talk to people in different programs. We want to talk to first years, second years, people um, that have been around, people that are um, taking classes part-time, people that um, are tangential to the Tufts UEP community. And so, but speaking of connections, this the people should know this is the first time we've met in person. Ella and I have had several meetings on Zoom, but this is our first time meeting in person, Pretty which exciting. hasn't happened to me recently. <laughs> I remember, you know, there was a time in the pandemic when, we had all not seen each other for a really long time. Um, so nice to finally meet you in person. Nice to meet you too. It's really mm. exciting. Um, I think, yeah, my sort of tough experience has been really strange because I was um, in my last year of undergrad when I started UEP um, because I did the last year mm. of undergrad at the same time as the so first year. So wait, you went to Tufts undergrad? I went to Tufts to undergrad. Okay, oh, I did I not that. tell you this? No, I don't oh, think I so. I told you that. Yeah, yeah. we got to get into it. Yeah, that's why I was like, I've been in this studio <laughs> four years ago oh um, okay gotcha. yeah um when i was just just an undergrad um and so so i started uep fully in person pre-pandemic um mm. and then halfway through that year pandemic hits i'm in field projects it all goes on wow online. so you were in your field projects in like march 2020 yes which was good so what did they 
like we continued everything but a lot of people so my field project was had a community engagement portion of it and so we had to sort of adjust plans um it was all based around an in-person community meeting and it was the Mm. very beginning of the pandemic so not all municipalities had sort of figured out how to Mm -hmm. do do virtual um open meetings and Mm. such so yeah what a crazy time everything were you in undergrad at that point? so i wasn't i was a year i graduated uh from bates my undergrad in 2019 and then i went to teaching private school okay uh, private high school up in north shore mass so i was teaching biology at the high school i was working at and so i had actually been up on the news um and the sort yeah. of the news coming out of china and so i remember i was texting my family and friends like mid-february end of february um that like this is coming to yeah. America. Like, this is not good. This is not just an isolated situation like, you know, COVID-19. And um, we had our March break, you know, like a, a week into March. And so, you know, a lot of my colleagues were, you know, colleagues at the, di- you know, dining hall, like, oh, where are you going for March break? Oh, this person's going to Florida. This person's going here. I, I was staying my butt at home all right i was not going anywhere i knew that we were about to be in a serious lockdown um like i did all my prep shopping and everything i was really i was i was disaster prepared for sure yeah yeah um it was a little bit like anxiety inducing but like hey we're here Mm -hmm. um then of course we got shut down the country and at first it was you know the two weeks of work from home or of no school or whatever and everyone just thought it was going to be two weeks but i was like definitely not just two weeks so we we actually extended our uh march break i think to give the faculty a little bit more time to like prepare for fully online you know that transition that literally was we you know plenty of us left our classroom like you know march 6th or whatever assuming we would be back there and then uh we weren't until you know the end of the summer pretty much so as a younger teacher i um, was familiar with a lot of the tech and stuff so it really wasn't a hard you know transition speaking professionally for me um yeah what i'm sure there still were many challenges um yeah what what year of what age of students did you have yeah so i uh that year i was teaching a mix of one class so i that year i actually taught filmmaking which was a arts elective and biology so i was teaching biology to juniors mm-hmm. and then um filmmaking was a uh, um open to any class year it was mo- mostly freshmen and sophomore mm-hmm. so a, a big range and i was in a fr- and i was a dorm um parent they call it in a um all freshman dorm that year too Wow. So yeah, did you lot. know when did you um, when did you know that you were um, going to try to go to grad school? Was that always something that you had thought about? In terms of thinking about grad school, I taught the year we had the pandemic and then, you know, 2020, I decided to stay with teaching the school I was at. I just didn't feel like sort of making a, a big move, um, you know, with all the uncertainty that was, you know, the midst of the pandemic and everything in 2020. And the election and you know mm-hmm. th- there was just a lot going on um and then so spring of 2021 i was kind of like hmm, i'm not really enjoying you know this teaching anymore like had really been burnt out just from teaching in general like teaching at a boarding school is really really intense it it has its really great moments and you do make really great connections with your students because um, you do get to see them not just in the classroom but 
as a young person, it, it is um, a unique environment to mm-hmm. have to sort of commit yourself to. Um, and just in addition to that burnout, you know, the burnout with the pandemic the second year was definitely much worse than, you know, the first transition to online um, in spring of 2020. So, yeah, I was just feeling burnt out. And um, I remembered the spring, which feels like much longer ago than just a few months ago. But um, I remember I had been thinking maybe I would take this opportunity to go out on a cross-country tour, you know, and and I've never been out west, so, you know, go out there and Mm -hmm. check out the national parks and sort of be wild and free and do that whole, you know, cliche thing. But um, then simultaneously I was thinking maybe this would be a good time to go back to grad school. So I started looking a little bit and um, Tufts was the only grad school that I applied to. UEP was the only – I I thought that I would be interested in sustainability and through my work in the school – um, learned too that I, I'm really interested in the intersections of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I definitely, as I just said, I'm not a specialist. I really am, um, you know, and do do get excited about, um, you know, things like problem solving and you know helping people too. Um, so sustainability, sort of a bit of a no-brainer. And I'm f- I'm from New Hampshire, so I'm. I'm familiar with Boston. I know about Tufts. I even thought about coming to Tufts for undergrad. Um, you know, my undergrad being at Bates, you know, NESCACs, they're not all that different. So I sort of knew what I would be getting myself into in terms of the program. Um, and so I just literally put in my application on May 15th, the oh last goodness. day that you could oh put it in and um, was pretty sure I wasn't going to get in, you know, just sort of like whatever. I, I tried and then got my acceptance in June and was like, hey. Might as well, you know, take yeah. this next chapter of my life and see what happens. That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, well, I'm happy that you're here. Is, how does it feel to go from being a um, uh, teaching professional to mm-hmm. a student? So for me, the first thing that I realized, you know, coming back as a student was uh, my confidence really grew, I think, from teaching. Um back in undergrad, like I I was not really a student who would, you know, get into discussion or just be very vocal in class. Like if it was a smaller class or, you know, some of my later seminars, I I would be. But um, I was really surprised at myself when, you know, the first couple weeks of classes here, how, um, you know, vocal I was, you know, positively in the classroom um, and just how comfortable I felt in the classroom too. Like that is not, you know, feeling I often felt in classes for one reason or another. Um, so that was like the biggest thing that stood out to me. And as well as, you know, just being able to speak in front of a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely attribute all of that to teaching because you got to, for two years, I stood in front of, you know, 15 to 20 kids, sometimes more every day yeah. for several hours a day mm-hmm. talking, um, you know, so that that's an experience that, you know, I'm never really regret I try not to have any regrets in life and even you know some of the um, not so great things that have happened to me in my life I try not to think of you know not try not to regret them but more like see the silver lining and look for um, you know what did this experience teach me Um, and you know there were a lot of really great things that teaching at that school taught me Um, you know both good and bad So, so that was definitely an experience that helped me um, like I, I am glad that I 
didn't go right into grad school from undergrad. So why sustainability? And what do you what um, what are you liking about yeah. um, your work that you're doing? Well, why sustainability definitely harkens back to just who I am as a person. Which so you know to give you and the viewers some backstory, I'm from New Hampshire, as I mentioned earlier. You know, New Hampshire is a really beautiful state, and I was lucky to grow up with family that had you know a house on the lake and things like that, and grow up skiing and really benefited from growing up in a place where I did have access to the outdoors and the natural environment and through some of my family members, specifically my grandmother, um, really instilling in me not only a love for nature and landscapes, but also a respect for them and a respect for or or in addition to an acknowledgement of the interconnectedness that is nature and natural ecosystems and interconnectedness of humans within the ecosystem as well, because we're not apart from that. Being able to observe like the little things, like whether that's insects or turtles or something like that, and observe deeply and see changes in those things over time. I've benefited from being able to see a lot of, you know, urban changes as well as, um, you know, social ecological changes uh, in my state. And so that's sort of, I guess, a little bit where my passion for sustainability comes from. It's also a bit of a buzzword right now. You know, that's actually something that we talk about in one of our required classes for the course. So uh, systems thinking, we call it for short. We talk about sort of what does sustainability mean? Um, and obviously at the core, it means some sort of action that can be done over and over and over and over again for infinity and doesn't, um, you know, have any negative consequences for, you know, in our cases, people, humans, a planet, or whatever that, mm-hmm. you know, cycle is that's happening or that you're talking about. My passion and love and respect for nature definitely influences that. But then also, I, I actually found um, a laptop that I used when I was in middle school when I was home recently, and I somehow remembered the password to it and was able to get in and um, found a couple different Word documents. And I found this Word document that was a, a persuasive essay that I had written in seventh grade that I was writing a persuasive essay, you know, arguing for the legitimacy of global warming because oh, at that time when I was yeah. in seventh grade, yeah. people were arguing about, it was still sort of a theory of global warming, yeah. which of course there are still people arguing about that today, but it's much less common. Um, and so there's sort of been an undercurrent clearly in my life, I think, as I start to look back of, you know, my interest in that stuff and the legitimacy of it and So definitely I was reinvigorated by the Trump administration's lack of respect and care for the environment and um, sort of reinvigorated to. And also, you know, as we've seen in the past couple of years, we are truly starting to see the effects of global warming, climate change, the climate crisis, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's it's very real, real. Um, And so it sort of. I don't know, it just made me a, a bit more, I guess, enthusiastic is maybe not the right word, but more de- more determined, I guess, to um, find a way to work in that space, um, which is also a space that's really interconnected, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a thread in there somewhere about sort of um, youth action um, in climate justice, um, yeah. the intersection between the two, because you do have experience Mm -hmm. in education and climate 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I remember my f- the first year I was teaching, so fall 2019, that was when a lot of those youth strikes were going on mm-hmm. or, you know, school strikes for climate. Um, and I actually did bring a group of students from Brooks, um, drove them to the train station so that they could get to Boston to do a, a climate oh, strike. Boston. Wow. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Yep, it really does. Um, but so I actually want to go back and I want to ask you, so because my experience, you know, I took some time off before grad school, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I said really helped me and for many reasons, but also just like. I have the energy to put into grad school and yeah. listeners, we're, we're, we are recording this around, you know, midterms time. So uh, Ellen and I are both sort of feeling little, the grind of grad school squeeze, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's real. But you like went. Yeah. I want to hear about your sort of undergrad grad experience and For that sure. transition too. Yeah, definitely. I'm from Evanston, uh, uh, Illinois, where, right outside of Chicago. Mm. I had never been to the East Coast before. I came to Tufts undergrad. Um, I always wanted to study English. Um, I started the Tufts English program. Mm -hmm. And Tufts undergrad has a a lot of requirements. It's known for having a lot of core requirements. Mm. So um, it's a and a foreign language. I remember that was a reason that um, I decided not to. Yeah, there's six, I believe, six semesters of foreign mm. language that you have to take. Eight if you're doing international relations, yeah. and you can do um, you can substitute out three for a cultural requirement. Mm. Which I think is part of how I got into this. Um, there's also many other requirements. So the first class that I took was called Global Cities in the mm. Anthropology Department when I was a sophomore. Mm. And I took it. And I think, um, not to sound cliche, but like the reason that I enjoy English was because I really like literature about the world, about physical spaces, about um, cities. I mm. love cities. I um, spent a lot of my childhood in Chicago. Um, I have a lot of my family in Chicago. Mm. And I spent a lot of time in that city specifically. So I loved Chicago. And then I came here and I um, started working as a home health aide in Medford. Um, And so I was going almost every day, walking throughout all of Medford and going to sort of like a a residential home Mm. of a family in Medford. And so I felt sort of... um, I sort of felt a yearning to to know more about Medford at Somerville. Um, mm. Took that class, Global Cities. Didn't know that you could study the anthropology of cities. Didn't mm. know that these stories that I was reading about could actually be something that I studied. Mm. Um, I read a lot of theory, anthropological theory in that class. And I sort of was like, oh, I really like this. Um, Is there like a certain theory that really th- captured you? Or? I think there was, I mean, um, you know, there's sort of the general urban planning body of work that mm-hmm. you read a lot of times um, if you study urban planning. I think for me, um, it was that you could take exactly what you were learning in the classroom and then get an assignment that's like, go walk your city and mm-hmm. tell me what you notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, sort of, I was sort of out of the bounds of what I knew education could be. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. And then... Um, I'm curious about sort of the global landscape um, in general, like of many, many things, but I but I didn't want to do international relations. And so I felt that you could mm-hmm. expand your worldview of knowledge of cities in this way through this class. So then I was in that class and Justin Hollander, um, who is a UP faculty member, mm-hmm. came in and talked about the urban studies mi- minor at Tufts and the urban studies minor has a brochure of classes that fall under the categories of um, 
child development, German, history, English, uh, Mm. any social science. And it basically says, or at that point, it said, pick any of these classes and just take them. And Mm. so I thought, wow, I didn't know you could just pick from a bunch of different disciplines. Mm. This is so cool. So after that, I took, um, and I always, I, um, I have family members that are organizers in Chicago around housing. Mm. So I took housing policy with Rosalind Greenstein when mm. I was a sophomore. I took um, intro to GIS. I loved that. It you know, That felt like a gateway into sort of more technical skills mm. that I didn't know mm-hmm. that I could have mm-hmm. as an English major. Yeah. Um, and oh, I, so you're still in it. So still I was still an English, an English major. major. So I was an English major through and through, and I always felt sort of intimidated <clears throat> by um, science and, and math when I... Um, That's such a shame. Which is a huge shame, and it has a lot to do with sort of education systems and mm-hmm. um, lots of things like that. That's, so that's one thing I am really passionate about is like breaking down that barrier uh, of STEM because it is really, has been for so long, so gatekeeped. Yeah. Um, but that's no, that's totally, another episode. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, there's th- there's conversations around privilege in all of these, especially yeah. in conversations about the education system. And yeah. so, so you took GIS. So I took GIS. I loved GIS. I was like, wow, I can do this. Um, and then yeah. I saw that there was um, and then I and then I sort of was like, I love English. It's always going to be my lifelong love mm. of literature. Mm-hmm. But I want to um, sort of connect these stories to real people. Mm. I want to. Um, figure out how I can be a change agent. I want to know more and more and more. Mm. Um, I love stories. I love Chicago, but mostly what I love is the story of Chicago. And there's so many mm. different ones, uh, different versions. There's um, different people, different voices. So anyways, then I applied to the 4 plus 1 program. And, and what is that? Um, so that's where you take um, four years four years of undergrad Mm. and then tack on another one for your master's but the last year of your undergrad you're doing the first year of uep so then my junior year i applied to it um i got in and Mm. i started taking these courses and an interesting part for me is that i've always well that the nature of it is you're straddling two worlds so you know the cohort of the master's students that are coming in you're also connected somewhat to the undergrad Mm. life on campus you i'm I'm very familiar with the facilities um, <laughs> and the software that we use at Tufts. And um, it helped me a lot um, because I was able to TA twice. Um, what did you TA? I TA GIS twice. Oh, yeah. um, and it was wonderful. Mm. Um, but yeah, so for me, I guess I, I'm, I've always been interested in storytelling. So that's the through line, I would say. Mm. Um, and now, and I did the, I did the four plus one or three plus two. And um, now I'm doing another semester because I've worked through um, the masters. And so I have, um, uh, I've taken less classes than concentrating at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but And what has your work been? Um, many different things, mm-hmm. but I have continued my work as a, as a um, personal care assistant, home health aide, mm. um, was that for five and years. And how did you get into that? Um, longer story, but uh, in my um, city, when I grew up, mm. there was uh, the mayor's youth work um, fair. I don't know, some some cities have that where they mm. try to get people, sort of, I, I was 14, I had to get a work permit and I ended up in special recreation. Mm. And so I was a one-on-one aide in a mm. school, um, in a public school. Mm for students with disabilities. And then I did that um, from when I was in eighth grade to 
college and then I came mm. to college and I started working with a specific family um and um yeah and then cool. I did that for five years and so I just stopped that mm. um this this year this summer I started working um and I did an internship for the program mm-hmm. and I TA'd um and I worked on the podcast and then mm-hmm. this summer I started working at MAPC the Metropolitan Area Planning Council awesome um as an economic resilience intern so there's many ways to many ways to go through this program and there's many more than what we do you know there's sustainability there's the combined degree and then there's you can Mm -hmm. um you know uh focus on yeah i mean mean, it seems like just like the you know the content that is you know urban planning and policy and sustainability and public health like those are all sectors that are really interdisciplinary mm-hmm. and really flexible, mm-hmm. it seems, um, or or at least adaptable to different scenarios. And it seems like that's reflected too in the the ways in which you can be involved in this program or the various programs that fall under UEP. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking about this a bit earlier, but I would love to hear sort of like, did you have an understanding of your your interest in policy and planning before you enter this program specifically mm. and how do you yeah. how is sustainability different or similar from those disciplines yeah yeah that's a great question because that's been this has kind of been my ongoing struggle for my whole life is i there are parts of like hard science biology chemistry that i really love uh, there are parts of it that i don't like and then there are parts of me that are really analytical and that makes sense with the sciences and there are parts of me that are really creative and for I would say most of my educational life except for you know a couple classes uh, in undergrad and then of course um, grad school now um, you know science was science the arts were arts there was no real intermingling of those two things and as a side note, that's something that I was really passionate about when I was teaching is finding, we almost never did standardized tests um, in my biology class. We almost always did some type of project that geared itself towards, um, you know, creative ways of thinking and creative ways of presenting your knowledge that doesn't just have to be um, an essay or uh, taking a test and filling out multiple choice questions. And so as a student, you know, my interests in my you know skills in science and in the arts were never really allowed to connect themselves Um, I sort of had to find a path through that for myself and the path that that took um, for me was sort of multimedia and filmmaking I took some filmmaking classes uh, in undergrad and really enjoyed that um, and sort of connecting that to my my science curriculum there but um Anyways, so that's one thing that really drew me to not only sustainability, but also the program UEP was that interdisciplinary nature. Um, And when I'm thinking about, you know, because the other thing, too, is I really don't know what it is I want to do. And and also in life and, um, you know, I I think I'll probably be someone that has a lot of different careers, but um, or a lot of different sort of jobs and stuff like that. But um, I wasn't really sure what my next steps were going to be. So when I found the UEP program, you know, there was part of me that was like, maybe, you know, urban spaces are interesting to me. Um, the 
how, you know, what urban spaces can learn or how they can incorporate, you know, more natural spaces. That's something really specifically that I'm interested in, you know, the green spaces, green buildings, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, again, like I've, I've never worked or been in any other realm except for education. You know, I was a student for 23 years and then was a teacher and now I'm a student again. Um, I've worked in the restaurant industry and in retail, but I've never worked, mm-hmm. you know, a, a professional job in any other setting besides teaching at this point in my life. Um, and so I've been thinking, like, maybe I would be interested. I mean, at the end of the day, I really I, I and I think this is a common theme that grounds a lot of the UEP students is we re- and you said this earlier, we want to be change makers. We really want to make a. Um, positive impact in some sort of realm and we all have our little niche that that is that impact that we want to make and for me I really want to you know like broadly save the planet from the climate crisis and really um, restructure so many of the ways of not only how we interact with natural systems how we use natural systems and then ultimately how we as a society and this is sort of a newer interest of mine um, through just, you know, the first month and a half here at Tufts. But sociologically, how can we reorganize ourselves to do better for the planet, do better for ourselves too? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- those are all the things that I'm thinking about and sort of passionate about. And so with all that said, was sort of like, how do I accomplish that? Like, I'm not going to accomplish that necessarily by going into a PhD program in biology or some, you know, hard science and doing research about something really specific. So I was thinking maybe I might be interested in policy, maybe, you know, urban planning. Like, I could see myself maybe, you know, working in a, you know, town office and being responsible because I've lived in a small town for most of my life. And so I've seen development changes over my life that have been really good for my town and surrounding areas, but also really bad for my town and surrounding areas. Um, And so, you know, making a difference in that way could be interesting. So that's what really drew me to the program. To have access to policy and planning is great. That's not really necessarily my passion, um, or at least I don't think so so far. I mean, I'm taking a a planning class, um, and it's interesting. and for me, like, I just want to learn learn more about different things. All of that definitely resonates um, for sure. It is, um, it's hard to, hard to see the future on, on what anyone is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and academia is so different than actually working mm-hmm. in these spaces. Yeah, and so I picked pick sustainability too because I didn't want to be sort of, tied down to planning and policy i liked mm-hmm. that there was a sustainability option that get that gives us as students in the program a bit more flexibility to you know take courses outside of the department um and again create those links that mm-hmm. you know maybe they don't exist right now but that's okay yeah. you know someone has to create the link between you know the has, two subjects has there been a moment so far in your time at tufts that has mm-hmm. stood out to you as like oh i really is really resonating with me i like i like this have you had an aha moment in my systems class which is our our only required course Mm -hmm. for the for just sustainability students we are are talking about frameworks for dealing with so they're called social ecological systems ses for short um, which basically encapsulates talking about the environment in the way that it really is which is 
talking about the ecological components, talking about the, sociologic, the sociological components, society, how society interacts with environment and ecology, but then also economic systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely an aha moment for me be- because for the past couple of years, I've been really troubled by like, how do we fix some of our environmental issues? How do we fix our relationship that we currently have with the environment, which is not sustainable currently? How do we go about fixing that when we, for instance, have an economic system that has no value in maintaining environments or natural systems? The, the only value is profit, mm-hmm. right? Um, how, how do you wrestle with changing other aspects when at the end of the day that's sort of an underlying uh, current that's moving all of us, whether uh, we ascribe to it or not to mm-hmm. some degree, you mm-hmm. know? So that, that was an aha moment, just being able to, uh, I, that there are actually people um, doing academic work about, you know, the mm-hmm. interconnectedness between ecology, economy, and sociology because mm-hmm. um, you know like before this like my you know undergrad and stuff was there wasn't really any discussion about that all those things were taught in isolation right yeah. like I had friends who were econ majors and they knew all about econ I was a biology major I knew all about ecology um, and then I had you know sociology friends who they knew all about psychology absolutely. and sociology and how you know people move and, and mm-hmm. run and work you know absolutely I think that goes Back, like back to the sort of seed that I was talking about is like I didn't know that you could combine all of these things right. but all of these things are part of our world mm-hmm. um, so obviously they would be connected obviously mm-hmm. the economy has to do with the environment but yeah I've had those moments for sure for mm-hmm. sure since yeah. still having them you know you're starting to wrap things up like yeah. how are you feeling in the place you are now well first of all not feeling like i'm wrapping it up because i still <laughs> have to finish my thesis but um great question i think for me uap has changed every semester that i have been here um it's a quick program people go through it mm. um, quickly and in different time periods but mm. um you know and also the work that we're doing we being sort of the community mm-hmm. and community partners changes so quickly. Mm. Every class that I've taken has changed my mindset. So changed your mindset. Changed my mindset in some way. Mm. I feel I feel like I've had an aha moment in almost every single one of my classes. Can you give us a couple good nuggets? Well, I think coming from something that's uh, that is obviously interconnected but so radically different mm. as literature on a page. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't know anything about mapping. I didn't know anything about urban design. Mm. I didn't know anything about green urban design. Mm. I didn't know anything about land use. Um, I There's so much there's to know. So much to I know. said that yesterday yeah. in my green there's urban design <laughs> class. I was like, every week I'm learning so many yeah. things that I, I didn't know that we could analyze a sidewalk and yeah. that a sidewalk had so many different, the, the, the way a sidewalk is built has so many implications yeah. for how people use uh, a city square, things like that. As a biologist, those are things that I, I never think of. I usually steer away from the city I sidewalks know. and the, the plazas, know. you know? And I think what has changed for me over time is that when I started, I was concerned about my aptitudes. And so I was taking classes mm-hmm. where I was like, I think that my analysis of self tells me that I would be okay at this and mm. it would I can go further with it. Maybe I can use it for something and mm. those kinds of things. And that was great and I learned a ton. Yeah. But now that I, you know, life happened, coronavirus happened, right. um, 
work happens, my schedule happens, I've had a limited amount of classes to take left and I've sort of transitioned into taking classes that I had um, maybe some apprehension about or that I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know if it, I'm gonna be a good fit mm -hmm. um, and I don't know enough as my classmates might, so maybe I will sure. feel insecure and that's been transformative. So I took, I took climate justice over the summer, mm. um, which that was, looks like a really good class. It was a wonderful, wonderful class. And I think I coming, you know, people come at this from many different disciplines. And so I was like, I'm so, I'm so behind on climate. I, <laughs> I care so much, but I'm so behind. And then I took climate justice and I was like, there's no such thing as behind. And there's, mm -hmm. there, there's only, I mean, everybody is a human in this world and and why would I why would I stop myself from hoping to have good intentionality and impact mm -hmm. because I'm scared like that that's not the way to go mm -hmm. and now I'm taking solidarity economies mm. when I, you know the word economy scared me maybe three years yeah ago totally because I was I like I, I it's the same conversation like I'm a little bit apprehensive about stem but that's not what solidarity economy is about so that's been wonderful um and i i don't i feel i feel half like a student and half just like a person um existing and having the privilege of learning so um you know it's 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 cool to look back because i've been at tufts for so long and i've mm. been a student for so long it's nice to be able to look back and say six years ago I didn't think about any of these things. Yeah. So that's a good point. and I'm still, you know, I'm still in the same library. So <laughs> so it's um I'm still yeah. So I, I in many ways I'm the same, in many ways I'm different. I mm. feel I feel so lucky to learn. Um I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sad sad to leave now, you know. Yeah, I bet. Um is is there a class that you initially were not so sure about taking mm -hmm. and you took it and still weren't so sure but then it turned out to be one of your favorite classes like anything like that yeah always always <laughs> every always, class every class i think gis for me was scary same mm -hmm. thing i entered it and i was like yeah this is so hard entered it what am i gonna unsure do? and then ended and then up I came out with a map um and then i think I think the design courses again I was like me on the computer really like I'm not <laughs> sure um and then I realized it was so much more than that yeah um John Witten's courses had a lot of case law in it mm. I was that was and then you just dive right in I think recently I took a class called revisioning cities mm. um which is with our anthropology professor mm. um which was um I've always felt um, I've always felt a little bit um, like I'm aware of my identity as an undergrad, even though I'm not anymore. And so when I it was gets just going to ask, yeah, like, yeah, I feel like I would have completely blended those two. When you come into together. a new space or in a new academic setting, you can sort of reinvent your mm -hmm. identity. But in the in a combined degree, you're so lucky because you have a head start on the resources and the comfortability. Mm. But then you also like. I went straight from undergrad theory to grad theory, but in a different discipline. Mm. So when I approached those like theory, academic, like writing heavy classes, mm. um, it's sort of like, I feel like everybody's looking at me and being like, she's never done this before. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, participation 
uh, it's always interesting when I'm like on the podcast because I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a big participator mm-hmm. um, in classes and it's obviously something that I work on and I think you can participate in many different ways. But Yeah, that is yeah. one thing like as a, as a teacher and um, you know, I, I had the privilege of um, being taught a couple of times using like the Socratic method mm-hmm. and really discussion based is that, you know, yes, we need people that are talking, but also the act of being an active listener yeah. is something that's really undervalued oftentimes. I'm a big like eyes person. Mm-hmm. I have a really expressive face. I feel so, I, but masks. You, I was just gonna say, you must be struggling with yeah, the masks. Yeah, I'm really struggling yeah. because I'm the person looking at the person at the front of the classroom being like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. you can't see me right now, but like I am not aggressively. Right. Uh, people are like, do you have something to say? You're moving so much. <laughs> so that's where I find, I'll write a discussion post for sure. But yeah, um, yeah it's, yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm, well, we're going to get into all of this and more in the rest of the UE podcast that we have for you all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because can you give us like the elevator um, talk of your thesis real quick oh, before we end? Oh, my goodness. Um, On the spot. Sure. Uh, my thesis is ever changing. It's amorphous. Um, it's about at the moment, it's about um, the urban heat island effect and historical um uh, historical redlining practices and other um, systemic injustices in the city and how that affects urban heat. There's a mapping mm. component and then it is a forward-facing document about um, mm. cooling cities in crisis mm. with a justice lens. Wow. I can't wait to unpack that with you. <laughs> Me too. That sounds really interesting. I'm sure you'll get it done. Thank you all for listening in. And Peter, thank you so much for being here and for taking on this project. Yes, thanks for having me, Ella. Really looking forward to all of the fun content we're going to be producing. Yay. (laughs) All right. Thanks thanks for listening. Catch you next time. This is Peter and Ella. And the Louis Podcast.